Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back, peeps. I can't believe we are already on our fourth episode, and as promised, today I was going to talk to you about breaking generational dysfunction. Mostly, where does it start? How do we deal with it? What do we feel like when we're going through it? And all of those good things. First of all, I think I'm going to give you a few examples of what generational dysfunction looks like. And I do want to, I always want to share uh, different people that I follow on Instagram that help with the same kind of topics that I talk about. And there is a woman that is, it's at sit with Sharon. S-H-A-R-O-N. And it was so cool because when I was getting ready to do this podcast, I ran across her Instagram. I had been following her for a while. She has some really good content. And she posed a question saying, growing up in dysfunction made me think this was normal. And so people responded. And I just want to read some of these. And then I want to dive into some of these things because, man, they hit hard for me. One person wrote in. They said, the only way to feel loved was to get attention through my successes. Yes. And I'm going to be doing an episode later on about why when we grow up in dysfunction, we are the biggest self-sabotagers and also we are afraid of success. Not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think everyone has to like drive for success and what does success look like? That's a whole other issue. But I think on a normal basis of just really, there's a difference when you're raised with parents that are like, yeah, Johnny, go, you got this. You know, like I watch my daughter cheer on my grandson at a baseball game and And I think that's so helpful for a child's self-esteem. And with me, it was like, no, we can't do that. We can't afford it. And that's stupid. Why would you want to take ballet anyway? (laughs) So big difference in, you know, the, the way you grow up feeling successful or not. And that starts with your parents. Another person wrote in and said, people doing whatever, as long as they had good intentions, even if it hurt my feelings. Youch. This was a big one because I think when you grow up with parents that are dysfunctional, especially a mom, and they have this acerbic attitude, meaning as long as they can come out looking like the hero, they don't care if they hurt your feelings or not. And they just say, well, that's not what I meant. But, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or you don't even get an I'm sorry. They just say, you know, it's fine. I said it. And, you know, stop being so sensitive. And so you learn how to really not know how to feel anything because their good intentions just scope over yours. Guilt and shame. That was another one. The silent treatment. Yeah. Lots of silent treatment after the screaming and yelling in our house, then no one would talk. 
Poor communication, same thing, yelling when angry, it's not okay. Never ever doing public displays of affection, not even hand-holding. So a lot of times when you grow up with dysfunctional parents, this can go one or two ways. I think some parents can completely masquerade that by being overly affectionate in public and then and maybe with their kids and then behind closed doors it's a whole different story Uh, so I totally get that oh this was one that really hit me birthdays were not supposed to be fun so not so much the birthdays and honestly this is where I struggled a little bit because I was trying to remember the other day did we have big birthday parties? Was Were we celebrated? I don't know. I don't really remember. I remember having some birthday parties. I don't remember the joy in, in them. And what I remember about just holidays in general is that holidays in general are the worst times. And it's something I've had to relearn with my family is to enjoy the holidays. My mom hated the holidays, therefore she made it very uncomfortable for everybody. And then ultimately her and my dad would get in a fist fight. (laughs) And so we grew up hating holidays, didn't have a good marker for that. And that can create a whole dysfunction into your next family. So I literally had to relearn how to do that. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Pretending things are okay makes them okay. Being stonewalled by my mother as a young child. Yeah, uh, this is what this whole podcast is about, (laughs) is just the inability as a mom to really be a good mom for your kids. And then what are you going to do with that moving forward? Screaming or yelling when angry. I mean, it just went on and on. Family events always ending in a fight. Lots of people uh, responded to her saying fighting, verbal abuse, physical abuse is okay. Working hard to get somebody to see my worth. So a lot of these answers were about no communication, being judged, uh, not being loved, not being heard, not being seen. I'm going to leave it with this one. Being terrified of going to hell as a child, thinking other people I loved would go to hell if I sinned. Wow. I mean, there's just, there's a whole, a whole slew of things just from that one survey. I was really happy that she did it and sad to read the answers. So what is generational dysfunction? I think we need to like go back a little bit. These are the things that I learned and it's the things I teach in my coaching is when you really start looking at generational dysfunction, you have to go back to see where the dysfunction started. And I always have like a little tagline that says you can't break generational dysfunction until you break the dysfunction in you. And when I started looking back into my childhood to see This couldn't have just come out of nowhere that my parents were the way they were. It had to have started somewhere. Now, one little preface that I want to say on this is as a Christian, I hear a lot of people and now I'm seeing some other people on Instagram debuking this and I really appreciate it. Some people think like generational dysfunction is it's kind of there's a verse in the Bible, the sins of the father. And it follows on to the children. 
And so they think generational dysfunction is a sin. I don't think it's a sin. I think it can be somewhat of a curse and somewhat of a definitely a bad habit uh, that people continue because they don't know how to change it. I don't believe it's a sin. I don't think that, oh, it's the ultimate sin. You're cursed forever. You can't get out of it. Your whole family for generations is going to be cursed in sin. They're never going to have a happy life. I, I don't buy into that because one, I have broken that generational chain with my own family and I'm now experiencing a beautiful time with my grandchildren. So I know that that's not truth. And so if you are struggling with that and you think, oh, my family's just been this way for generations. It must be something we all did. We're just sinners. Listen, we're all sinners. Whether you're a Christian or not, we all fall short. Like we all do wrong things. The difference is, is if you're a Christian, like are you going to try to maintain a better kind of life? Are you going to try to change the bad things that you've done before? Are you going to change your mindset on that? So going back into the generations is really important because you need to see where that bad, where those bad habits started, where the generational dysfunction started. And so when I looked back at my mom's life, and I know I talked about this, I think on the second episode maybe or something, I talked about, you know, my mom was raised by, was taken away from her mother. And so she was unmothered and and was raised by her father. But I also looked into my dad. I'm going to talk a little bit about my dad today because I never really talk about my dad too much, which I really want to because my dad is turning 97 in November. And I just, I can't believe that he's lived this long. It's so crazy. And I really appreciate every day that he's on this earth. But he's also had a very hard mother story. And so I'll tell you the story of that right now. And then we're going to get into why you have to understand when those things have happened to your parents as children, how you can break that off. So my father was the youngest of six children. And the story goes, and honestly, I didn't even know this story until probably... I want to say eight years ago, he was talking, you know, when, when people get older, they start reminiscing about their past and their childhoods and things. And so I started asking him questions because here's the deal. The only thing I knew was that my grandmother's name was Charlotte, which I thought was a beautiful name. And when I was pregnant with my second daughter, I said, Oh dad, I'd really love to name my daughter Charlotte, or maybe put it in the middle name or something. And he got so mad and he said, don't you dare. I hate that woman. I never want to hear her name. And it was so, there was so much vitriol in it. I, I thought, wow, there's a hard story that my father has never talked about this woman. And I don't know anything about my grandparents except that she had left him when he was a baby. It's all I knew. He was the youngest of six. And I I thought at the time that his older siblings took care of him and that he lived with his dad. And that was that. About eight years ago, he starts talking. And so we started asking questions that I'm like, what happened? Like, tell me the story. And he said, when my mom was pregnant with me, she was so upset because she didn't want to have any more babies. And so 
the story goes that when my dad was born and he was about six months old, his mother left the whole family with another man and moved to San Francisco. I have spicy family, you guys. <laughs> Every time I hear these stories, I go, man, we are drama to the hilt. So my dad's dad, my grandfather, didn't know how to take it. Well, obviously it's again, 1930s or whatever, late twenties. They, he didn't know how to take care of this family. Like he had to work. He couldn't take care of six kids on his own. And so I didn't know this part. He shelled out the kids to different relatives. So the kids got separated. So I want you to just sit there for a minute and think about my dad's a baby the only family he knew. And, you know, he's six months old, so you could say, ah, eh, he didn't, there's no big deal. Like he doesn't know, but his body knew something was different. He ends up getting taken care of by an aunt, which he said, she was a rich aunt. I should have stayed with her. And I was like, maybe. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing is as he grew up, he knew that there was other siblings and they were the older siblings were always trying to get the younger siblings together. They were all in different towns, different relatives, that kind of thing. So my dad grew up knowing he had these siblings because they would come and visit. They would, you know, try to stay with him for a little bit. And he grew up just feeling very lost and very lonely. So when I look at my dad and how closed off he is sometimes, and he's very there's times when he's really loving and there's times when he's kind of unemotional. It helps me understand. And this is the point of generational dysfunction is it helps you understand where did this come from? So when you look at your parents and you're like, why can't they love me big? Like I love my kids big or I love myself big or, you know, the people in my life, my friendships, like I, I have such a heart for people. Why, why is it that my parents aren't like that. Look back, look back at their childhood and see what were the things that like stunted them. Because when you look at both my parents' families and back histories, there was so much abandonment, abuse, like so much dysfunction. And so then you throw these two people together and they get married and they're like, we don't know how to be a mom and dad. We don't know what what we're supposed to do. So let's just do the same thing that we've always done. And this is this runs rampant. I will tell you in cultures where families for generations, I've heard this in, you know, my Portuguese culture. I've heard it in the Hispanic culture. I have tons of friends in the Hispanic culture. I've heard it in the Italian culture, you know, where they say, this is how we've always done it. And it worked for us. And look at us. We're fine. Well, you're not fine. You're just doing the same thing and thinking that because you came out and you're standing, that that's success to you. Nobody wants to raise the bar and do something different. So here's where we are. So we have this dysfunction. You go back, you learn, oh my gosh, you know, my parents have gone through this hard life. Chances are, if we went back even more, one more generation, that would probably be just as much of a sad story too. 
And so this continues until you decide to do the work to say no more. I'm going to break this off. This is something I had to do. I had to go through a divorce. I lost a baby. I mean, I went through the whole thing before I finally woke up and God (laughs) pretty much tapped me over the head and said, come on, you know, I have plans for you. Like, get it together. And it really became a passion for me to help other women, to help them realize just because you've been raised in this dysfunction does not give you permission to go out and continue to do that in the family that you're someday going to grow or you are growing right now. And you find yourself saying these things that to your own children that your parents said to you that you hated growing up, that you knew was so mean and so cruel. You know, like some of those responses that I was reading off at the beginning of this, you know, it's like, well, sorry, I hurt your feelings, but sorry, not sorry. This is just how I am. I'm going to do it. That's not good parenting. That's not helping the next generation. It's not rising up people to help them be successful You are tearing people down and they're never going to find their place in the world because they're going to hide. They're going to, they're going to swerve. They're, you know, it's like, they're going to play this game of like whack-a-ball. Like every time something pops up, it's like, let me shove that back down, shove that back down. But honestly, you're living this life where every day you wake up with a stomach ache and you feel sick and you're depressed and you're anxious and all these things because all this dysfunction is bubbling up inside of you and you don't know what to do with it. So I'm here to tell you, start there. Start with looking back, not to forgive like what they've done to you or forget. You can forgive them, but you're not going to forget what they've done or, you know, you can say, oh, Phyllis, you just don't know. They were so horrible to me. Like, I can't believe it. Great. I understand. I do understand that. Totally. And you may not want to forgive them. And that is totally on you. But here's the thing. I want people to forgive me if I've done something wrong or horrible. I don't ever want to be on that one moment of the worst moment of my life to be judged on for the rest of my life. And let me tell you, with society doing this cancel culture right now, this is happening a lot. Like some people, you know, listen, they need to pay for what they've done not talking about that, but there's this thing where somebody says something wrong and it's like, all of a sudden you're just, you're canceled. Like you're like everything that you've ever done in your life doesn't matter because now it's that one single thing that's going to affect generations. That's going to, that person may end up not being the true person that he can be because there is no forgiveness there. There's no moving on. There's no getting better. And so I don't ever want to look at my parents and say, I'm never going to forgive you for the things you've done to me. So when you have these different things that have happened and you can't move past that, it's really just blocking the things for you and your life and your family. So I just want to remind you of that. Listen, I don't know what your story is. It could be really horrific. I'm not saying I am certainly not suggesting that you go and say, hey, mom, kumbaya, let's make it all better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, what I've said before is forgiveness is for you. It's not really for the other person. 
but it kind of gives you a little bit of empathy to know where they come from and why they they were the way they were. And also, biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about is I don't want you to ever think that the dysfunction that your mother had is a reflection of how you're going to raise your children. I've actually sat with some ladies, quite a few at this point. There was at one time, just one person had told me the story and it broke my heart. She was 50 years old and she said, you know, Phyllis, I had such a horrible mother growing up that I decided not to have children because I was so afraid of being the same way. And now that I'm 50, I have a beautiful marriage. She said, we have this beautiful, huge house, but I have no children and nothing, no future, like generations. And it kind of struck her now at 50. So just a little tidbit, if you're in your 20s and you're like, I'm never having kids. I've grown up in this horrific childhood. Don't ever want to put my kids through that. Please know that you can be the chain breaker in your family. And I would recommend like go get therapy, go get counseling, do whatever you need to do to clear that path. And, um, and just know that the sins of your mom has, has no reflection on what you're going to do in your future. That's a whole different thing. And God can redeem generations and he, he's the ultimate choice in that. And so I just want to encourage women to really sit with that for a minute because now I've heard that story from about five different women that are in their 50s and they say, I really regret not having kids. And I'm going to go into different episodes where, you know, for mothering and stuff, whereas being an an unmothered, I, I was, I white knuckled my way through my kids' lives for probably the first five years. So I'll do an episode on that and how scary it is and how you do need to ask. This is where you get other friendships and mama mentors and things to help you because you do need that help if you have you don't have a mom, you know, to look up to, to ask questions of. It is, uh, it's hard anyway, but it's hard when you don't have that stability in your life. And I think that just honoring the choices that you make to honor or dishonor your generation really decides the future of where you want your life to go. And so I just wanted to just do this episode to start there. This is where I start with my clients is really, you got to look back in order to go forward. I do have a sign in my office that says, don't look back, you're not going that way. And I totally believe that. But I also think that we have to go back to kind of clear that path out a little bit and then we can move forward because we can understand why. Sometimes we just need the why. Sometimes we may not ever get the why. Why did you do this to me? Why did this happen? You may not know. There may be a lot of mental illness or something in your family that you're never really going to totally get the whole story. But just let me tell you that Good things can come when you clear the path of your past and you make the decision to create a new generation. It has been my biggest joy in my life to watch my kids grow up and now watch my oldest daughter raise her family and have this stability and this love to 
just go in at any time and spend time with them. And there's, there's no frustration. There's no like, ah, my mom's coming. This is crazy. It's like, they call me to come watch the kids because I am a safe place for them. Who would have thought that from the past that I came from? So just a little word of encouragement for you guys to let you know that what kind of family you dream of can be a reality. And next time we'll be talking about setting boundaries and we'll get into that uh, very clearly because we do need to set heavy boundaries with parents that are not healthy. So until next time, peeps, I will see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.